Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Danny Smith, and today's topic is Stop Work Authority. And our guest today is Peter Petroni. Peter is a member of our Safe Start consulting team. He's uh, an environmental health and safety and physical security executive with a progressive career history and a, a track record of success, really on a global scale. Pete's also a, a U.S. Army veteran. Thank you very much for your service, sir. And uh, he, Pete partners with uh, senior leaderships, especially, to determine uh, their forward action steps and just help define their goals as they're moving forward, uh, not only with Safe Start, but with uh, just safety in general. Pete's also fluent in Spanish. Uh, boy, I wish I was. Uh, sometimes I don't even feel like I'm fluent in English, Pete. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, uh, the way I feel sometimes. So uh, anyway, welcome back to the podcast, Pete. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. And yeah, the thing about speaking Spanish is sometimes I forget both languages. So I'm very, very aware of that, that mental phenomenon. And, and thanks for inviting me on to the, to the podcast today. And, you know, as you mentioned, we're going to be talking about a, a subject topic that's really near and dear to my heart. You know, it seems really simple on the, you know, on the surface, but it's really nuanced. And, and as we know, you know, if we're working with people, things can get a little bit uh, messy. So hopefully today we'll give some folks some idea of uh, some things that they can think about to help make their stop work authority or their intervention program a little bit more successful and keep it on that PDCA cycle, continuous improvement cycle. So thanks again for inviting me, Danny. I really appreciate it. Great. And, you know, and a lot of folks are probably familiar with the concept of stop work authority. Uh, but uh, I think some people struggle with this a bit, not only organizationally, but also individually. Uh, so why don't we start there? Uh, Pete, let's talk about perhaps some of the elements that would be involved uh, for an organization that needs to make sure that their stop work authority is really just going to work well. So, you know, what I'd like to talk about today is, uh, you know, the concept of people intervening when they think that something isn't quite right. You know, at the essence, that's what stop work authority is. And I like to look at it through the lens of the Safe Starts Human Factors Framework. I found this especially valuable. What the organization support that and reinforce the stop work authority and how leaders can support it as well, right? Leaders have a, a key role in that, I believe. And then ultimately, you know, if we think about it, in its essence, stop work authority is an individual skill. But as with all individual skills, there's some barriers and, and some things that we knew, need to do to really optimize that. So that, that's kind of how I'd like to frame our conversation today. Very good. And, you know, Pete, I, I know you personally, we've spent some time together, obviously, uh, you know, at, at our various meetings and just, you know, working together professionally through Safe Start. But for the benefit of our listeners, let's take a step back real quickly to start with and tell the listeners why you're so passionate about this idea of Stop Work Authority. Yeah, you know, as you know, and, and we've had conversations about this in the past, that when I first started in the uh, EHS and specifically in, in the safety arena. I had a lot of experience investigating uh, fatal injuries, serious injuries, uh, potential serious injuries. And, and throughout that process, I started to notice some themes recurring, you know, that uh, one was that when something bad happened to someone, they're rarely working alone. And then the other theme that I saw that was very consistent with a lot of the organizations that I work with, is that 
they had some sort of stop work authority in place. It was either a safety tenant, a safety belief, or some type of affirmation from an executive leader. You know, so then I began to look actively for some of the reasons why stop work authority wasn't being used as effectively as it could be. And I also began to notice that stop work authority, you know, not only an effective concept for preventing those SIFs, but those conversations related to stop work authority can also be useful in changing a lot of different aspects of a company's safety climate and ultimately change their safety culture. That makes a lot of sense. So first of all, let's, uh, let's, I guess I've said first of all a couple of times here. So I guess first of all is maybe not applicable here, but uh, how about this? I told you I wasn't always fluent in English, right? Uh, let's talk <laughs> about uh, stop work authority and uh, perhaps let's start with leadership because as, as many have says, uh, you know, organizations rise and fall on, on leadership, right? So uh, talk about leadership setting the right climate to start with as it relates to stop work authority. You know, the way I kind of think about this is uh, if you, you know, think about an organizational maturity model, and there are a lot of them out there, and a lot of them are very, very useful. And, and one kind of common aspect of that is that the very mature, you know, a business with a really mature uh, safety climate or safety culture has a way for people to look out for one another, you know, has that, uh, you know, brother's keeper kind of uh, mentality, and they do it in a non-confrontational way. So it's really an expectation of leaders in the organization, you know, to have this ingrained at a peer-to-peer level, right? Leaders are expected to do it, almost, uh, you know, part of their job description. But when you can do it peer-to-peer and you can do it in a non-confrontational way, that's when businesses are well on their way to a very mature safety culture and and really, you know, get into that uh uh, higher level of, of safety performance as well. Absolutely. And, and it's not only the, the peer-to-peer, but also I've seen where, and I'm sure you have, where it's uh, also the the employee feeling comfortable saying something to the supervisor, right? So uh, Exactly, yeah. And yeah. Maybe, maybe a good example would be, be really helpful here if you've got something here. Okay, so, you know, the way I started thinking about this, Danny, is I, you know, when I had that revelation about the, how valuable safe or stop work authority could be, is I went to an organization to do some uh, leadership training, leadership coaching. And one of the first things that I saw on the, on the atrium of the, of the business was a plaque, you know, it was a poster, and it was signed by the CEO of the company. And it had that tenant of stop work authority, you know, so I thought, oh, this is, you know, probably pretty, pretty mature uh, organization. But then as I started talking to the leadership and and getting into those conversations, I found out that they had recently had a very, very serious incident and there were two people present, you know, and and to your point, Danny, one of them was a supervisor. uh, One of them was a a trainer or trainee, and and he didn't use that stop work authority, didn't feel comfortable using it. So, you know, that's what really got me kind of thinking about you know, what, what are the impediments to people using stop work authority? How can we think about this? Because I, I really believe that it can be a very powerful tool. And how do we get beyond that, you know, the words on the sign on the wall and right. get it to be something that's ingrained in our, in our culture, ingrained in the way we talk to each other on a day-to-day basis and do it in a, you know, in a way that uh, we're really looking out for each other, not trying, not a gotcha exercise. It's really, I'm looking out for you because I care for you, right? And as I visited other sites and reflected on my past experiences when I was in operation, et cetera, 
found out that wasn't an isolated case, that we see this over and over again. Maybe the reasons why it's not as effective may vary a little bit, but also found a lot of commonalities there that uh, businesses could think about if they really want to optimize that, that element of their safety culture. And stop work authority really is, uh, in order for it to work effectively, it's really a thought process that requires, well, as we were saying, everybody's input is not just uh, a top-down or a bottom-up type thing. It's, this has to be across all levels of the organization, right? Exactly. And you know what I found helpful is to think about this in, in two kind of different but related ways. So first, you know, the phases of a stop work authority. If you think about it, you know, it, it, it's self-triggering or, you know, identifying and, and actually the act of uh, pausing the work, right? That's kind of the first step. And having the skills to be able to do that in a healthy way is important. And then there's kind of the planning process and then getting back to work process. And then the other way, you know, the other kind of lens that I look at is that we talked about before. It's that human factors framework that, that we talk a lot about. What's the organization's responsibility? Where are the opportunities in the organization? What's the leader's responsibility? What are the opportunities there? And then the same for the individuals, right? Whether they're uh, self-triggering on something they're doing or observe something that they want to, you know, kind of do that intervention on, you know, what, what skills, what, what impediments are there and, and how, can we, uh, how can we work with those to continuously improve that, that process? Yeah, there's uh, you, you just said a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, and it's probably a lot to unpack. So let's let's back up just a touch and start with, first of all, just the individual and talk to us about the individual, and what they can do there, their individual actions. You know, most organizations look to that individual and their actions when they assess a concept like this, you know, what, whether it's. Uh, you know, a BBS system or, or stop work authority, they really kind of focus on, on the individual. But, you know, the just telling someone the importance of a concept like that, it's really not enough, right? From an individual's point of view, there's some potential reasons why stop work authority is not invoked. You know, they could be a lack of confidence on the part of the individual. Maybe something doesn't really look right, but, you know, I'm not really 100% certain, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Or there might be a fear of confrontation. And this is very real, you know, especially if you right. may have intervened at one point and got a, you know, less than pleasurable uh, <laughs> reaction from somebody, you're less likely to do that in the future, right? So you got to work on those soft skills to be able to do that in a, in a healthy way, right? And then, as you mentioned earlier, it's, uh, you know, he's the boss. I can't say anything to him, right? And... You know, the belief that stop, if I stop work, you know, whether we like to believe it or not, there's still some organizations out there that favor production over safety. And that individual just might feel that if I stop the work, you know, it might interfere with production. So maybe I better not, better not say anything at this point. Right. There's other examples, but those are the ones that I see most common. You know, I find it interesting too talking about the idea of the that belief that if I stop work, I may slow down production. And it's some organizations, as you said, it is that uh, production at all cost mentality, and we've all seen that unfortunately. But there also uh, is that. Well, we talk about the human factors being both positive and negative, and there is just that drive to want to do a good job, to want to uh, achieve good results, to to you know 
foster good production numbers, if you will. So that drives a lot of people as well. So there, there certainly are obstacles on, on the individual side. Let's talk a little bit about the organization and what leaders can do there to help the individuals overcome these obstacles. Okay. So, you know, if we think about the leader's responsibility or from his point of view, and the stop work authority is a valued tool. It's really up to the leaders to provide the coaching, you know, uh, be on the lookout for individual hurdles, like the ones that we just talked about. And, And leaders also have to be deliberate about this, right? It's not, you know, thinking about it from time to time. They have to be really deliberate about their their actions related to it, talking about it when they have the opportunity, like in pre-job briefings. Uh, So you make it a proactive thing, right? And, And it's a lot easier to identify those hurdles after an incident happens. And it really takes active, deliberate leadership to make it proactive. And I think that's where a leader can improve his personal skills by making it a more proactive event rather than talking about it after someone almost got hurt or, or you know, hopefully uh, not if someone did get hurt. So, you know, discussing stop work authority during toolbox talks, safety meetings, that's going to help. And also having the two-way conversations, right? That's where you're going to uncover where people, you know, might be hesitant to use stop work authority and you can provide that healthy coaching to make them comfortable doing that, whether it's a technical skill or a, a soft skill that you need to build in, in those folks. Having those conversations allows you to identify those and then you can work on it. And then, you know, talking about recent near misses and, and, and incidents where stop work authority uh, may have been helpful uh, is also a good way to think about that and understand, you know, if it was used, you know, how, how was it beneficial? And if it wasn't used, what can we do to make sure that that individual uh, feels comfortable doing it next time? Right. And then, you know, the last thing from a leadership standpoint should really be on the lookout. You're talking about the positive and, and negative aspects of uh, human human factors. When we see somebody using stop work authority in an appropriate way, you know, we've got to kind of be uh, on the lookout for that and and recognize that in real sure. time, right? But, you know, uh, uh, compliment that person, give them that uh, specific feedback on, on using that. And, you know, it can be done in a non-confrontational way. It takes practice on the part of the leader. Uh, it takes some skill building on the parts of the leader, but the benefits I think are exponential if you work on, work on those skills. Yeah. You know, and just making, making a person feel comfortable uh, hitting the big red button, as we often refer to it with the stop work authority, right? Just, you know, let them know it's okay. You know, if you, we don't want you to get the numbers, if you're not safe, you know, we want you to stop. Uh, And for some folks, that's a, that's a tough mentality to get and supervisors reinforcing that is huge. Right. Uh, so finally, I guess, as we're, we're starting to wrap this up a bit, uh, how can an organization support, I would say both the, the individual worker, but also the, the individual leader, the individual frontline supervisor, just to make sure that safe work authority is, is really being successful and that it is a successful tool in their organization. Now, this might seem really obvious, Danny, but I think the first thing an organization should consider is how they market the concept. Now, the term stop work authority, we're all familiar with it, but to some folks it might have a a negative connotation, right? Especially in an organization like the ones we talked about just, you know, before 
where production might be slightly favored over safety, right? That stop work authority may have a negative connotation. So the way that it's marketed, the way that it's talked about by the organization, and even the name of the program could be very, very important, right? So we all know that leaders often say that safety is number one, but too often in reality is different, especially when we're getting near the end of the month, near the end of the quarter, and our production quotas are tight, right? People kind of shift their uh, priorities, if you will. And and if safety is a priority versus a a value, that's where we might see that uh, conflict, right? And I also advise organizations to brand stop work authority in a way that takes the focus away from the stop work and more on looking out for each other, having a process that, and if it's done right, you're actually going to benefit both quality and production. Right? That's more moment. than just semantics, right? Exactly. You know, maybe stop working on something that's affecting quality. Stop working on something that's affecting productivity. But once you develop those skills and develop that you know, eye to be looking out for those types of things, it's going to benefit an organization. Sure. And then from an organization's point of view, as I mentioned before, just merely stating that everybody has the right and the obligation to intervene when they observe something unsafe, that's not enough, right? You got to put processes in place to facilitate those interactions, especially if the program is new. And some things that I've seen that work very effectively are like a red card, yellow card, and green card system, right? That way, person doesn't have to, you know, kind of think about what are those first words I'm going to say, how I'm going to get into this, uh, you know, potentially uh, confrontational conversation, you can use the cards. And that can turn out to be a non-confrontational way to begin the conversation, right? Seeing that work, uh, work very, very well. And then keeping the stop work authority in the PDCA cycle, I've seen some organizations do this very well to bring it out, get uh, employee engagement, employee input into how to make the, the system better, you know, just like we do with the other elements of our safety management system, that could be huge, right? Getting the folks that are actually going to benefit the most by using stop work authority involved in the process from an organizational standpoint, going to have huge, huge uh, payback. And then another thing organizations can consider is how stop work authority is integrated into other programs, you know, like some of the ones we mentioned, and also like incident management right? Incident investigation and their accountability and disciplinary programs, right? Is this, uh, uh, you know, something that, that should actually be uh, rewarded and, and, you know, having that clearly stated in the accountability program could be a huge benefit to a stop work authority program. Sure. This is going to make everybody's understanding and approach to stop work authority consistent and be in line with the organizational values. So you almost want to make it where it is an expectation that people will do that then and not just, as you said, not just a plaque on the wall type deal, right? Yeah. It's an obligation. It's not just a, not just a right. It's an obligation. Exactly. I like the way you put that really fascinating thoughts altogether, Pete. Uh, Unfortunately, we're, we're getting close on time here. Uh, Any, any closing tips that you'd like to just pass along for our listeners regarding stop work authority? No, I, I think in simple terms, Danny, that, that stop work authority or that you know, concept of looking out for each other, it's an individual skill. And like all other individual skills, as you and I are you know, very, very aware, it takes practice to develop that into habit strength. So you're doing it automatically right? and doing it in a way that, that's going to be non-confrontational. Uh, supervisors and managers, they need to develop those specific technical and soft skills so that they can use, you know, lead the use of the stop work authority deliberately 
and proactively. And then organizations need to ensure that they provide the environment support for stop work authority so that it's a useful tool to help prevent injuries. Simply put. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great way to wrap this subject. Uh, thanks, thanks for sharing your your expertise and your experience with us uh, regarding this, Pete. Uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you directly for a specific question, perhaps about uh, their culture, their stop work authority, or implementing a stop work authority, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Best way is via email, Danny. Okay. My email address is Peter at safestart.com. And I welcome all comments, questions, because this is an ever-evolving topic. And I like to learn about it as much as I like to share my experiences. So anyone that has any recommendations, I'd love to hear them. So one more time, it's peter.ba at safestart.com. Very good. Thanks again for being with us, Pete. Always good to catch up with you. Uh, and for our listeners, uh, remember to, to not only uh, listen to the podcast on a regular basis, but also continue to share these with other folks in your organization. Also, a quick reminder for everyone, uh, we do have our Human Factors Conference coming up uh, in February of 2022. We're really, really excited about that. Uh, for more information about the Human Factors Conference, you can reach out to your account executive, or you can visit the website for the conference, which is www.humanfactors, spell out factors with an S, conference.com. So humanfactorsconference.com. Registration is not open quite yet, but the webpage is up and running, uh, and registration will be opening up soon. So we'd love to see you there. It's going to be in Kissimmee, Florida, which is just a horrible, horrible place to have to go in February, right? Uh, Pete, looking forward to seeing you there as well. So uh, a great opportunity for you to catch up with everybody there as well. So for Safe Talk with Safe Start, thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm Danny Smith, and we will talk to you again soon.